There's never been a better time to be alive. And whatever the metrics you choose, the world is on its all-time high. So why living seems sometimes so hard? Here I ask people in the forefront of building the future their reasons to be optimistic and the challenges they see ahead. I'm Mauro Rebelo, biotech scientist and entrepreneur, and this is the All-Time High Podcast. Mariana Calenda is a biochemist and a biotechnologist that left the pharma industry to dedicate herself to the most noble of the causes, to release the brain from the slavery of malnutrition. In this episode, we talk about opting to live in the challenging country where we were born, how algorithms are killing creativity and unlocking the power of our brains. I really enjoyed talking to Mariana and I hope you will enjoy the conversation too. Hello, Mariana. Thank you so much for doing this. Let me start asking where you were born, where you are right now, and maybe some anecdotal story connecting the two places. Okay, uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for this, for this opportunity. Well, I, I was born in Argentina and I am living in Argentina, so I have not a huge uh, thing to tell about that. Um, and I think the good thing I have to tell about that is that um, I made a decision to stay here because um, I, for my career, I had the chance to move but I decided to try to do something different here. Um, of course, it is not uh, an easy decision. And sometimes I, I ask myself why I decide to continue trying to do this in this challenging context, but because I know that in, in other contexts, sometimes it's easier. But when I think of, uh, of people here and family and friends and a lot of things that can be done despite of the place and now in this global environment we do have with the internet and those kind of things for example this now <laughs> that we are talking as we are in front of each other uh we can see that it is possible so well my yes. my living is well, here <laughs> i can i can uh uh you know identify a lot of we do because i was also born in rio and i also chose to 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 stay in Rio with all this, uh, with all the challenges. Sometimes I think that if I, uh, if I was living in Boston or in San Diego, my valuation would be hundreds of millions of, of dollars. And now, and, but here, you know, like nobody, <laughs> uh, uh, nobody even think of the concept of what is your, you know, what is your personal valuation. On the other hand, I go out and I'm in Rio, you know, like. And, and it's very, uh, Rio has so many competitive advantages, so many problems, but so, so many uh, competitive advantages. I can uh, relate strongly to what you said. There's another, uh, another story, something that I heard. I, I don't know where I read this, but it was also connected with something that you said that globalization is bullshit we were made to live where we grew up you know where uh, the the yeah. roots the the connections that you make 
while you are growing up, they are so strong that basically it's very difficult to to replace. So uh, um, I, I understand this this difficult choice of uh, um, staying in a challenging uh, context. And so maybe in this challenging, even though we are in challenging contexts, maybe especially right now, right? I think these are especially challenging times, not just because of the pandemic, but because of the political context in both our countries. Um, how do you see the world, the world in general, and, and uh, over time? Like, uh, is it better or is it worse? And we can even give a, a Latin American perspective to it because, yes, maybe 30 years ago was worse, was even worse than it is now, right? <laughs> yes. Well, um, maybe I am a bit optimistic about that. I think that, of course, we. it is also a very, very broad question because we may, may speak about an average. And, of course, I, I think that we are better now compared to several years ago, in, in, of course, from Latin American, Argentinian perspective. Uh, in average, we are better in some aspects, but in others, we are very bad or not evolving in in terms of evolu of evolution so in average i think we're better for example in my case i think of 100 years ago it was almost impossible for a woman to go to university and to study and to focus on science and in my case i i grow just with the interest in science and biotechnology and all that and biology and i was always surprised by nature and it was never a problem to go to university to study to to do all that that in in many years ago that was completely impossible so in from that perspective i think that we we have made really a lot of improvements and and we have a better better world of choices and opportunities. But it is also true that there are many, many basic topics that, I don't know, we we haven't um, improved or, or even they are getting worse. There are some inequities that are getting worse. Um, yes. And I think that are the challenges we are, all, of course, obliged to to think about and to, to find uh, the way to make it work and make it better for the future uh, but of course it's a difficult question no especially in this context that the pandemic is very very i don't know it's like uh, underlying you know the good and the bads of everything <laughs> so <laughs> it's a very very challenging and question when you when you look ahead uh what are the you know if you can list two three or, or even maybe just one big challenge that you you mentioned inequality and would you say that this is the top top priority or could you would you list um, some other big challenges or or small challenges well i think that we have a lot of uh, a lot of challenges to to work especially because everything is moving 
uh, we are living in a in a huge change in terms of technology, the the way of living, how work will be in the future, so how relationships will be managed in the future. Sometimes for us that we are the X generation, for us we had a, a life without internet, and then a life with internet. So for us we we. We, we can't compare. That. <laughs> yes, of course, we have that that situation that we can compare. But for for the next generations, they just are already born with this reality that for us it is quite difficult also to understand. No, um, I think that that is a huge challenge to understand reality with a, a, an environment or a, a dimension that was not uh, real in the past, that doesn't exist at all in the past. So um, for us, we can manage your, I don't know, for example, your Facebook friends and your real life friends. But sometimes for young generations, they think that they are the same and it can have a huge impact in their, in their emotions and and just like it's a lot and for us probably well we can prioritize differently so i think that will be a huge a huge challenge how human beings will be human uh, and will not forget the values and will not uh, forget the i mean the the human uh, strong human connection you know so i think that our huge challenge is how we will keep on being humans with the higher values of humanity. So I yes, think it's that. This, so like I, I'm, I saw uh, two years ago, um, I went to an innovation workshop in Portugal and there was this short video um, kind of inviting people to go to Portugal, live there. And they it was very, very nice, but they said something that uh, kept that stay with me which is human beings were made to sense the world through its senses right to vision audition touch and my hope in what you're saying is that this is so strong that we'll always if you know maybe like you you can fool your senses for a for a while but you cannot fool all your senses all the time and and this we will um, at least keep coming back eventually to this basic need of touching, of hugging. And, and maybe the pandemic has brought us a little bit to yeah. this because making hugging and, and kissing so, so difficult and, and even dangerous, we somehow started to see the value of and how we miss this. Right, at least in my case, I'm uh, um, I'm I'm not uh, um, I don't oppose masks, but I hate them. I don't like them. It, it's mm -hmm. never going to be something that I will gladly accept because I think it takes some of our our humanity, like like you said, and of course it's the same with the this technology uh, this technology is great that we can talk even though we are you know thousands of kilometers away but it was much nicer when we were in san francisco <laughs> yes. during eisenhower meeting and, and talking in person so like 
let's hope this uh, uh, this humanity in us, these senses will keep bringing us back to this nature and 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 reminding us of of this importance of you know yes. like that, how how important it is to us. Yes, and and also I think that uh, talking about specifically. COVID-19, it's uh, this virus causes the loss of smell, for example, it's a typical and yeah. smell for us probably was not the main uh, thing in the until world. Until you lose it. <laughs> but until you lose it, when you lose it, you say, well, I had a lot of things that were connected to that because many, many areas of our brain, uh, memories and things and the, the, some many, many smells makes us remind, I mean, bring memories from our childhood or or pleasant times or places I say wow that was so basic it's so basic but gives us so many happiness and satisfaction satisfaction and well and that's something that is not so easy to replace or to change as the same as as hiding no it's exactly the same and, and it's something so powerful for us that maybe we don't realize until we we are facing the situation of of not having it or or having it altered because it is also yes. something that is happening that people is smelling and some some smells that were nice now are awful and that i don't know situation of having a great cup of coffee now is the worst in yeah. the world <laughs> you know and that's terrible <laughs> because we that was so small but was so nice and now we are, we are losing that, and it's really oh, and it, terrible. It's even that. connected with. I read this article uh, uh, once ago talking about the the dopamine expectations and the the dopamine mechanisms connected to expectations, and how uh, in the presence of an expectation and and. I remember the article because they were giving exactly the example of a cup of coffee. Like when you buy the coffee, you find like the brand that you like. So all the way going home, you build the expectation of this great cup of coffee. And that it starts to build up. Uh, uh, um, you start to build up dopamine. And when you actually take the cup of coffee, if if you fulfill the expectation you have a dopamine shot but if you i don't know the milk was spoiled and and it's yeah. or you know you have anosmia because of covid and you don't feel anything the dopamine drop makes you feel terrible no and yeah. this is uh, uh, this yeah. is connect all these memories of smell when uh, it's so what I'm saying is it has a kind of network effect, right? Because of all these, these reward mechanisms in the brain. Mariana, usually I'm asking another question, uh, but um, because I know that you have a background in, in pharma industry and everything, and we brought this, are we going to try to manipulate the, the this humanity to fit into this new tech world needs this new reality how do you see this possibility or even this uh, um yeah let's let's keep possibility don't know if the question is like it it was 
coming to my mind as no as no no speak. it's okay i will see if i if i understand the the, the question um i don't want to uh, to answer something that maybe it's not related uh, but um let me give you an example okay some years ago i was in a in a talk um by a sociologist domenico de masi and he was saying that look um eventually uh being unfaithful will be cheating will be uh cheating without getting caught will be impossible because there's always going to be a camera here a google glass there anything and so he said that the pharma industry was already developing anti-jealousy compounds so um, um so maybe that's where i don't know if this is the the best example but while we were talking i i can see that our brain has these reward mechanisms and it took us a million years to evolve them maybe even more and they are not going to change anytime soon so we either uh, um or we are going to get more and more and more frustrated or we'll try to you know like correct well, some no. of those mechanisms yes i is it in our future or 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 do you think this is too much no. science fiction uh, no i don't think it's science fiction because it is also um it is also true that there are many of our current brain mechanisms that as you said takes a lot of years to evolve and 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 it is evolving but it takes a lot of time to to do, to do that and sometimes what i see as a huge risk is that sometimes technology uses that uh just to i don't know add uh, information in our brains just to change our behavior and and convince us that we need to eat a pizza you know <laughs> and, um that kind of things uh, I'm, I'm very easy me, to convince to eat it's a pizza. Very, very easy very to easy. convince us of course, <laughs> definitely but but what i see is that 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 mechanism is already studied and and instead of finding a way to to help people to be much more uh, uh, i don't know as a free person, you know, we are maybe sometimes it's working in the right opposite direction. Um, I see that as a huge risk in the same way we as human beings many times. Uh, I have seen uh, a movie that um, that explains a, an experiment that was done in the past that uh, they take this. Uh, I don't know the appropriate word in English, so sorry for that. But the, the concept was that uh, if someone gives you a direction, sometimes the person didn't realize what was the impact of its actions just because it was an order. So that for me was surprising because I said, wow, we are really so, um, we have, a, uh, when we compare to, I don't know, a microscope, we don't have the appropriate, you know, uh, sensitive, uh, Sensibility, how how it mm -hmm. is in English? Sensitivity. Uh, sensitivity, exactly to realize that we are doing harm or not, and it's part of our our limitation as human beings. So that for me was a risk. If this technology can be, I don't know, seen for our for us for our brains as a game, and probably we are doing a huge harm, and we are not realizing because we are following an order or we are thinking that it's just a game. 
So uh, I, I agree with you that our brain will not move so quickly, you know, because nature is really brilliant and it has much more ears than human beings. Because if we analyze bacteria or different organisms that are having millions of years of, of evolution, they have their own mechanisms that are brilliant. And many times we, we have not even discovered them yet. Uh, for example, if we think of organisms that live in extreme uh, environments, we probably do not have the instruments to study them. And we are speaking about the future and everything like very huge things. And sometimes we have things just next to us and we are not able to discover it. So I think that we should be not so proud as human beings of our, or, you know, we have to be much more considered because our, our other uh, living organisms in this world have a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom. The nature has a lot of wisdom that we, we have to understand and respect. So I don't know if technology goes in line with that. Maybe we will really do great things. But if we are in the right opposite, I don't know. <laughs> you said something that uh, caught my attention. Like, yes, these tech companies, they use these brain mechanisms that were developed by nature to somehow enslave us. But we could do the opposite, right? We could use the same mechanisms to free us from this, this slavery. And you know, it came to my mind, for example, psychedelics, right? These, uh, uh, these new compounds that, well, sometimes not so new. They are used for a, a long time, but they are used now in this new context of uh, uh, giving you... Uh, experiences that are not tech, that they happen inside you. And I was thinking about this, uh, the, the potential of, um, don't want don't to be, uh, don't connect this specific with the psychedelics, but it was kind of an example of something that can give you a meaningful mind experience that is not related to you know, a, a tech gadget. Yes, and uh, what I think also is that sometimes with this uh, kind of algorithms that predicts what you want and predicts what you need and predicts what you want to do, uh, in a way, we are also training our brains in the right opposite of creativity and, 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 and doing new things and really innovation. Because uh, in a way, if our brain always receives the same information, the same stimulus, the same things all the time, we will be, I mean, wrong um, thinking that the reality is just that, you know. So um, I think that, of course, we can do that, but we have to be conscious of that. I don't know if everyone is really conscious that that they are using the brains, uh, and sometimes they many people uh, think that it's amazing that you arrive home and your 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 computer tells you everything you need and everything you want. Um, probably it's not what you need and what you want, and it's part of knowing ourselves as 
as human beings and also which are the priorities and priorities maybe it's not only ourselves it's also our families our friends our environment um, so maybe those algorithms are, as, as you said that are creative <laughs> creativity killers you know <laughs> i agree it's it's like that yeah at, and but yeah. at the same time you know when when i read uh Hari and sapiens and but I'm, I'm don't think it's in sapiens or if it's in homo god you know one of his books he talks strongly about these biological algorithms right because these are very everything is inside us like biochemistry are very strict algorithms yes. right it's just so many of them and they they create so many interactions between them but they are very very strict algorithms so uh, it would be interesting to see how we can fight back using biochemical algorithms to to fight back these tech slave algorithms because yes they they do exist uh they are there i agree <laughs> and well, this took a, a different but very interesting direction. Like, uh, can you tell us a little bit right what of what you are doing right now, and how do you see this connected with some of these um, challenges uh, um, moving forward to try to make the world a better, keep making the world a better place? Well, I, I, you know, I, I've always been a nerd. I've always loved studying and, and all that. And, and fortunately, you know, there are a lot of different people in this world and we are almost different and that's amazing. Uh, but what, what I, why I am telling you this? Because uh, I always enjoyed a lot studying and I love it. And I love learning. And for me... It's always amazing. I'm like a, a child, you know, when I learn something new about, I don't know, nature or, or I see something that I was completely out of my knowledge and I'm, I really feel surprised and that gives me a lot of satisfaction. So in line with that, I, I've always appreciate the, the brain, the use of the brain and the opportunity of thinking and the opportunity of hearing many different points of view and perspectives and trying to achieve a conclusion that that is a part of my my opportunity of seeing what I have the opportunity to see and to hear and to learn. And in line with that, I, I had a personal situation that I was with some kids uh, here. I thought that that kind of nice memories when you are a kid uh, can be uh, built despite of the situation you were living and so on. Um, I realized that those kids were receiving always the same food. And that food was not very nutritious. So what really uh, had a huge impact in me was, well, this, this kids will not have the opportunity to think, this kids will not have the opportunity of enjoying learning as I am doing. And I said, well, that's not fair. <laughs> that was my main, my main concern was it is not fair. It's not, it's not human to do this, you know, because they don't have the opportunity to choose. And, and I say, well, what can, what can I do? 
apart from being angry, no? So what can I do? <laughs> what can I do with this? And, and I said, well, I, I will try to find a good partner. And I start making a research in nature and see, well, what can give these, uh, these kids a good nutritional uh, food without changing the, the current way of eating? Because that would be very difficult from the cultural perspective. So that's why I started to work with microalgae and cyanobacteria. Um, my objective is to make daily food with adding this organism as ingredients. And uh, the objective of that is to improve that profile. And of course, my heart is put on that. I say, I want to contribute to at least one brain, you know? With one, I am more than happy. That's, one. No, that's beautiful because, you know, the, the way you put is uh, you are freeing the... We go back to the slavery of the algorithms, right? You you want the brain to be free, and this is beautiful. <laughs> and it cannot be free if the biochemical algorithms are not there, right? They are not exactly. fed. They, so, like, if, if they... Well, they require energy. These algorithms require energy to work. And if you don't provide the energy, then the algorithms are dead. And yes, or will them. not function, you know, in the, in, the, in the most efficient or most uh, powerful way they could have if they, yeah. if they don't execute the all their potential. I, you know, what you're saying is, it, it's beautiful the way you put you connect things to the brain and and I wonder if we choose if we should try to change some metaphors for example that emotions come from the heart you know think with your heart not with the, look your heart doesn't feel anything you know it's also your brain you know like ah and you are talking with your stomach not with your brain no no it's also your brain you know like you know so uh, I, I think that sometimes the the brain comes with this uh with the reasoning you know with the sense as if the sensitivity was somewhere else and it's not it's all the brain so freeing the brain should be our number one priority and it's it's very beautiful the way you you know you talk about uh what you are doing as a brain releasing mechanism. Um, look, um, I have three survey questions before I let you go. The first one is, which book you are reading right now? Ah, um, I'm reading really an, a really interesting book. Uh, I have to find the name in English because I will, it is exactly this, I brought it to you, El Aroma del Tiempo. I don't know if you have read it, no. Um, I will tell you exactly the name in English because I wanted to find the appropriate translation and it is called The Scent of Time. Okay. Um, it, is a, it is interesting because uh, it's an essay about the difference. I mean, it, it explains our current life, our way of living, that we are all the time running, 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 running. And this book reflects of the situation of why are we running so much and how this running every day stressed life makes us losing the a lot of things that only comes with time 
So uh, that's why it speaks about the smell. (laughs) And it is interesting to see uh, because it says what we have as a huge difference between uh, species, human beings, compared to other species, is the possibility of contemplation. So instead of being every day working, working, working with no specific direction in many cases, well, why we do that? Why we put that as a value when many of the things that are really worthy needs time? And we just have to learn how to wait. Yeah, Um, I'm I'm very interested right now in the topic of um, low time preference and, and high time preference. And so it comes, I will surely put the book in my, in my list. The second question maybe could be related to what you're saying. Like, do you take short or long lunch breaks? Wow, that's a good question. That Because this book is also a challenge for me. I'm, I run a lot. <laughs> so many times I, I, uh, I even don't stop to have lunch. But... When I make an effort to find one, two, three, fours a week uh, to organize lunch with people, and we oblige ourselves to have a long lunch because wow. we, we do amazing. that just to talk and to learn and how we are and to follow up about our lives. And I think that that's much more important than food. Yeah, no? and we realize how productive the longer the, we we do short lunch breaks to try to be more productive, and we don't realize how productive the long lunch breaks are, right? Exactly. Yes. And being from Argentina, I'm very interested in this in the answer to this last question. Like Bitcoin, are you a believer or a non-believer, or <laughs> like you, or you don't know anything about it? No, uh, I think that I have, you know, um, it's half and half for me now. Because Do you have I, any, any Bitcoin? My brother or has. Any I, I don't because I'm not so good on that, but my brother does. And, and for, you know, in a way, for our, for our history in Argentina, we don't have much confidence in the traditional ways, you know. It, of, of the importance of, of values of currency and so on. So it has a chance from that perspective. Um, from the other side, so new that we don't know if it will be continued or it will be, I don't know, just a bubble. We don't know. So for me, I have both. Both are valid. And I think depending on the risk you want to take, you can try it I mean, yes. I, I don't see something really negative to say, no, I'm not, I do not agree. And I'm not so confident it will be a long-term uh, Great. decision. Well, get know, some so. exposure. Tell your brother to get some for you. Get some exposure to it. Because like yes, you said, yes, yes. I, I, the risk, I, I, the risk yes. that it works. And, and But, you know, like I can see uh, um, maybe... It, we have been so mistreated in Latin America when it comes to our currencies. I was seeing the in my lifetime, and uh, uh, money has changed names four or five times, and like the the money in the bank has been seized by the bank or the government more than once. 
and and I I can see how this uh, how this lack of trust that this experience is built on us even impact us in 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 trusting innovation. You know, like ah maybe this is another uh, uh, like we were so our our confidence has been so tested and that we we become even a little bit uh, sarcastic maybe uh, but let's talk about this more some other time mariana thank you so much uh, for doing this it was really nice uh, let's talk again some other time yes yeah, sure it was my pleasure really thank you thank you very much thank you very much